Creating and rekindling memories. NHR. That's electricity uh, taken from the soundtrack of Billy Elliot. And that has got one more week to run uh, at the Curve Theatre in Leicester. So it finishes next week, 20th of August. And I'm very, very pleased to have uh, on the other end of this line uh, the gentleman who plays Tony in Billy Billy Elliot, uh, West End star, Mr Luke Baker. Good morning, Luke. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Not too bad at all. Thank you so much for agreeing to, to have a chat with uh, with us about Billy Elliot. So let's no find problem. out a little bit about you before we, uh, we get on to the Billy, Ed, uh, Billy Elliot um, musical. How old were you when you knew that you wanted to act? Um, I, I think I, I actually came to it quite late. I was about um, 16, 17 when I sort of thought about it a bit more seriously. Um, I did my first youth production when I was 15 um, and then it sort of grew every year. Um, I never really grew up doing uh, any acting or anything. Um, but then once I did one or two shows, I was like, uh, I'm quite good at this. <laughs> and uh, and I enjoyed it so much. And then, you know, one thing led to another and uh, yeah, I just fell in love with it really. So how how did the big break come then? Um, you know, where and how did it, did it all really kick off for you? Well, I um, I, I went down to London to train in musical theatre uh, when I was nineteen, and then um, I sort of worked my way up from from the bottom, really being like a, a dancer in in the ensemble, and then uh, covering like understudying all the the leading roles in 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 shows. And then um, I think my my first major job was. Um, Harry Hill wrote uh, a musical um, about the X Factor called I Can't Sing uh, <laughs> and it went at the Palladium uh, for we were meant to do a year and it went on for about 10 weeks so it was a bit of a flop but uh, it was really really uh, funny and really good and I, I uh, understood the leading uh, actor in that so that was sort of like my big uh, first um, you know break really uh, and then after that finished uh, how the world works in mysterious ways. I ended up getting some really good jobs off the back of that. Like I, I, I went and played Link Larkin in Hairspray in Ireland. And then uh, I was in Sunny Afternoon, American Idiot, Footloose UK Tour. That led on to everybody talking about Jamie in the West End and in Sheffield. And then that then led on to this um, after the pandemic. So, so it's weird how, you know, one door closes, then another door might open sort, sort of thing. Exactly, and you never know who's out there watching you. Uh, you know, whether it be producers, directors, or, or whatever. Um, you know, they, they, right. could, they could be out, and I mean, this is obviously sort of you know where, where it's all, all come from. They've noticed you and uh, wanted you for for their productions. Now, part of any right, yeah. young actor's training is, of course, dance, and Billy Elliot is all about dance, uh, and yeah. that, that is, of course, including ballet. Um, so, mm-hmm. did you enjoy ballet and uh, the other forms of dance as a drama student? Um, well, I, I'd never really danced before I went down to um, to train. So, uh, you know, I was starting from, from the basics when, when I started doing ballet at, uh, at college. Uh, but, yeah, I, I quite liked it, to be honest. I quite liked how strict it was and how it's very uh, black and white what the rules are, you know, um, with, with ballet. Um, and it's sort of every other form of dance stems from ballet. You know, if you, if you do good ballet training, then everything else sort of stems from that, which is quite interesting. 
Now, I've interviewed a couple of ballet dancers uh, in the past over the years, and a lot of them, while sort of being young, seem to get a lot of stick. Um, a little mm. bit like Billy Elliot did, but... Uh, mm. um, did anything like that sort of happen to you? Because I, I know that it takes an awful lot of uh, of core strength uh, for a star um, to you know to actually do ballet. W- w- did mm. you get any sort of negativity from from anybody for for doing ballet? Uh, sometimes, sometimes, yeah, a little bit. But um, I mean, I think um, you got to have strong, um, you know, um, you got to have thick skin to go into this industry anyway. Yeah. Uh, regardless, because um, you, you do get some sometimes people, you know, wondering when you're going to get a real job rather than <laughs> being a performer. <Yeah. laughs> um, but you know, I think um, you have to uh, be quite strong-minded and know that it is what you want to do, and uh, have, have a thick skin. And any negative comment is usually um, a deflection from the person giving it. I, I think so. I don't really take too much notice of it, to be honest. And then when, you know, you, you sort of go on stage and you, you, you do the dance mm. or whatever it is, uh, it, it's sort of a two fingers up to them, really, isn't it? Because you, you've yeah, got something yeah. that they've not got uh, through through a lot of the hard work. Now, then, your first West End show, I believe, was Beautiful Thing in 2013 as an understudy. Uh, am I right? In That's right, yeah. That? yeah. Yeah, so that was actually uh, with Nikolai Foster, who's yeah. the director of... Um, Billy. Um, it was my second time I've, I've, I'd worked for him, and uh, I was the off-stage standby in Beautiful Thing, where there was three, there's three male characters in the play, and I had to learn all three. Wow! Uh, and I never, I never actually got on, which was um, interesting. <laughs> so I was with the show for about three months, and then I never, I never performed in it. So I had to learn three roles and never did it. So it's a lot of hard um, work being being understudy, and I suppose as yeah. well with being an understudy, um, I can only imagine it being quite nerve wracking but exciting at the same time because you, you never know when you're going to get called upon because um, you, yeah. you obviously don't get that much notice, um, do you, as an understudy? No, I mean quite often you might just get told um, that morning. Um, you might get a call from the company manager just saying, by the way, you're, you're on today and um, you might be asked to come in slightly early to run over a few things with the rest of the cast or for yourself. Um, but uh, it's it's exciting and, uh, you know, as long as you've done the work, it's, it's, it's really, really a lot of fun because you get to do this thing that you, you know, like I say, sometimes you don't actually get to do it. Um, thankfully, pretty much everything I've, Every time I've understood it, I've I've got on. Um, so it's, it's it's quite it's quite good. It's quite rewarding, but it's not for everyone. I've got to say, with with understudy uh, work as well as you said, you understudy three people, uh, three three different roles uh, in that. Uh, you must have an amazing memory for for sort of learning lines. And I mean, I suppose it's bad enough learning one uh, particular role, <laughs> but then three or maybe four. Uh, I mean, yeah. How, can you train yourself to actually learn lines? How do you do it? Well, um, well, it, it's, it's just rehearsal and repetition. So, like, I think um, in other languages, the, the word rehearsal is translated as like repetition in uh, French and Italian. Oh. It's pretty much that's what it means. So you go over it so many times, and you also have to make a reason for whatever the line is. You know, so. And usually it's a conversation. So as long as you know what is being said to you, I, I sort of learn it in chunks of uh, little um, sections. 
and then once that section's done you're on to the next section and you know because if you think about it in one massive play it's going to be quite daunting to learn that but if you break it up into lots and lots of little things it's it's a lot easier to learn that way but um yeah I would say just rehearsal like if you're going to do a monologue or anything like that or you know it's just repetition and rehearsal but uh yeah I mean it's um it's definitely something that I think actors get good at you know learning lines rather than you know I can't remember people's names in my own life I can't remember normal things like Same shopping here. list or yeah but I can I can remember a whole play or three roles in a play or anything like that so it's interesting how you people's brains work like that i suppose as well it, it, it's like sort of exercising any part of your body uh you've got to build yeah. that muscle up uh until you know sort of it, it, it's at such a stage that it, it just works so well and i imagine that's the same with your brain it's all uh, muscle memory that's right yeah i mean the more you do anything you know the more you lift weights you're going to be better at that and the more you um you know look at scripts and learn lines and you know, develop characters, you're just going to get better at it. That's um, how I've sort of done in my career. I just, you know, go over things, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. And then it's um, so in your mouth and in your mind and in your body that um, your um, decisions of how you're going to play that line then can be, you can play with that, you know, uh, in the rehearsal room and on stage. You're not worried about the lines in, in, in such a way. That's quite um, a useful way to do it. I, I mean, I, I worked with a guy uh, who he said, uh, the, 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 I won't leave a room uh, on the, the, if I, the, the day I get the script. I won't leave the room until I, learn, until I know it. And I was like, what, in, in one day? He was like, yeah, in one day. I'll try and learn the whole script in one day. And I was like, what? And he said, I won't leave the room until I've done it. But he's from a, a TV background where he has to learn lines so quick. So he said, that's just his method. It's a That's good job he's not. Yeah, it's a good job he's not doing War and Peace or something like that, isn't it? Otherwise, yeah, it'd be that for goodness' sake. So. <laughs> I think I think it's uh, when it's like you know little sections like. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> you think after twenty-two years of doing this, I might be getting better at it? But uh, no, it anyway. let's talk about Billy. Right. <laughs> let's talk about Billy Elliot. Um, you play Tony, uh, who's Billy's That's big brother, right, yeah. of course. Tell us a little bit about Tony. Who is he? What's he like? Yeah, so Tony's uh, a minor. Uh, he's uh, like pretty much everyone in, in, in this community. Um, he's a young man who uh, uh, is, I don't think has really dealt with the fact that uh, his mum's died and um, he's living with his, uh, his dad, his younger brother, Billy, and his uh, grandma, who's got dementia, uh, in a sort of a tiny little uh, two up, two down, uh, you know, house in Easington, uh, where the mine uh, was. Um and yeah, I think he's uh, quite passionate. He's quite uh, outspoken. He really sort of like takes charge within the play. You see the span of a year within the play and you really see him sort of uh, address the weakness that he thinks that his dad is not um, sort of stepping up in the way that uh, Tony maybe expects him to, just because, probably because he's just a bit broken from the fact that his wife's died and you know, the pit's potentially going to close. And um, so we see Tony, in his mind, stepping up and uh, taking charge. Um, and it's interesting, actually, because a few people say, oh, it's, it's, uh, you're playing the baddie again. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure Tony's the baddie. He's just, not, he's got some issues he's not dealt with. And he's dealing with them in a not particularly right way, but I wouldn't say he's like the baddie. 
and he's very I'm not sure there is a baddie. Yeah, he's yeah. very passionate about what he believes in um, as well. Yeah. I think that for anybody who's not seen the play uh, and, and the musical or the film, um, there, there, there's a section in it, and I'm not going to give too much away. Uh, there's a section in it where he, um, him and his dad, um, th- there's a little bit of a, a, an altercation there, and it's all, yeah. it's all to do with with the the sort of passionate belief that Tony has, which slightly sort of varies to what his dad um, believes. Um, but but no way is Tony um, a baddie. Uh, I mean, not in, yeah. the, not in the same way as, uh, was it Dean in um, Everybody's Dean Talking, in about Talking About Jamie? Yeah, he, wasn't, <laughs> he was a bit of a na- nasty piece of work. He but, was indeed, wasn't he? So You know, mis- misguided, misinformed, I would, I would like to say. But, he's, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he, he sort of took a bit, bit of pleasure in. Uh, Slightly sadistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know he uh, he would turn up at the opportune moment and really bring this uh, a nice vibe, mm. should I say, to a not not quite a nice vibe. Really, sort of. The director said to me in, in, when we were doing Jamie, he just said, "When every time you come on, I want you to change the air, and then yeah. sort of it, it kills this air and it sort of makes everything a bit colder. And it's it's a nice way of thinking about that rather than coming in and all guns blazing and shouting as an actor, you know, to, to be the, the baddie or the, the bully or whatever. Yeah, just that's... to be calm about it and to uh, just change the air, which I think think was a really interesting acting note. Yeah, I think any, anybody who comes on stage and they can change the whole atmosphere and feel of, mm. of that particular scene, uh, mm. you know, it's doing something right, especially with, with the right character. Now, there's mm. an old saying uh, in acting circles, I've never worked with children and animals, but I'll tell you what, the kids <laughs> of Billy Elliot, they are amazingly talented, aren't they? They are really, really talented. Uh, we've got such a, you know, a great bunch of kids. They're all, um, you know, so um, so expressive and they've all got so much personality. They all bring so much to each role. And, uh, yeah, we're really, really lucky to have them all. And you see, what, what I was thinking when I... Because th- this was the first time that I've seen Billy Elliot and only the second yeah. time I've actually been to The Curve, but the first time I've seen a production um, by The Curve mm. there. And I, I sat there thinking... Uh, you know, if if they can do this standard at that age, and I think most of them are around about the 10 or 11 year old range, mm. I think, aren't they? And you think another 10 years on top of that, and they carry on doing what they're doing, they are going to be yeah. so amazing. Uh, they, That's right. Such they, a lot of I think they're going to be the future of, of the, the industry. You know, they're going to be, you know, I think that the level in the industry is always getting better anyway, year on year, I've noticed. And, you know, these kids now, they're just brilliant and they're so passionate and they know they know what they're talking about as well and they've got real uh, in-depth opinions about what's going on, you know, uh, especially like within the play when we'd be discussing it at the start of rehearsals, you know, they really had, um, you know, very adult views on what was going on, which was, you know, quite eye-opening for, for, for the adults just to listen to them and their point of view because I think that the play's written from Billy's perspective uh, I don't think it's written from like a narrator's perspective where yeah. it's unlocking. I think it's all from Billy's view, personally. So, um, for instance, like uh, we've got one uh, one Billy Alfie, who's a tremendous dancer, gymnast, everything, and he uh, he sort of said, "Oh, I can relate to Billy because when I used to do elite gymnastics, uh, they were very strict, uh, but then I went to ballet and it was much nicer." <laughs> and, I was like, and he's talking about from boxing to ballet, and I was like, yeah. "Okay." <laughs> They're like little sponges, aren't they? They are, yeah. 
Now then, for anyone who's never been to the Curve Leicester to see a show, uh, the stage area is absolutely massive. Uh, for, from an audience point of view, does it seem that huge as an actor? Yeah, it, it is a re it's a really big space. You know, I've um, I think for, in in regards to the auditorium being about nine hundred, I think something like that. Um, the stage is massive compared to other nine hundred theaters. Um, you know, you can literally put anything on here. You can put small productions on here, touring productions, but you can also put massive, massive, massive spectacles like we've got here, which is a really epic, spectacular um, show and performance. Um, and it's just, it's quite um, nice as as an actor. And I, and I always think when, when I was, when we were watching them do the tech rehearsals, when we were adding the lighting and sound, I thought, God, if I if I wasn't in this, I'd really want to watch this because it's just such a an amazing visual um, show, yeah. And, of course, um, it, it's not every um, theatre that can actually put on a production like that because of the size of it, uh, which is why it works so well, um, the curve. So, yeah, yeah. As a musical theatre actor, you've performed in some musicals um, with uh, incredible soundtracks, and I'm thinking The Lion King, everybody's talking about Jamie, an American idiot, of course. Uh, the soundtrack for Billy Elliot um, was, I mean, like The Lion King, written by Elton John. W what are your favourite songs from the Billy Elliot soundtrack? My favourite songs? Mm. Um, I, think, I think Solidarity, because it's just got so many layers to it, and it's really, really... Um, it's quite a long song, really, yeah. but there's there's all these different uh, things going on at the same time. That's quite a good one. I really like uh, I really like the letter, which is um, yeah. uh, Billy, Mrs. Wilkinson, and uh, Mum. And I think uh, I think the stars look down at the start is very beautiful. Um, I mean, they're they're all great. Electricity is obviously. I mean, it could be a standalone hit. On, yeah. it, on, it, on its own, couldn't it? So, um, I mean, to have Elton John write the score of something, I mean, who better, really? He's so... And it, it's like he's, you know, taken so many influences from the 80s as well in in some of the songs. It's um, it's really lovely to listen to. And our musical director um, has sort of reorchestrated some bits, George Dyer, and it just sounds spectacular now. Like, he's added soundscapes, he's added all these things, and... It sounds brilliant now. With the stars look down, um, I, it, it, it's so evocative um, with, mm. with, with the miners and the lights and everything. Um, and as I say, I, I've, I've, had, I've got the soundtrack. I've listened to the soundtrack many, many times. Mm. And when you see it performed as a full musical and mm. you discover sort of where those songs fit in and what's happening at that time, it really does bring the music to life. And uh, and as I, as I say, it, it's so emotional. It's, I mean, the letter, just take the letter, you know, you can listen to that on, on CD and you can mm. get certain bits from it. But when you see it performed on stage um, between Billy and his dead mum, you know, the, wow, it, it, it just really hits home, um, doesn't it? The, the whole sort of emotional aspect of the song. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And I think the stars look down was it was taken like the the idea of that song was um, because the the play of Billy Elliot was was based around a play or a poem called The Stars Look Down, which was around uh, based you know about about the the mining community and right. um, all that kind of thing. Hmm. 
Going forward, um, Luke, uh, I mean, Billy's on at yeah. the curve in Leicester until the 20th of August uh, ne- next week. Um, so what's next for you? Uh, well, I'm having a baby in January, so I'm going to concentrate on that for a start. Oh, congr- congratulations. Um, thank you. Um, so that's sort of like my life there. Um, I, I do all sorts. I, um, we'll, we'll see what happens next with uh, with Billy. Whether whether it has another life afterwards, um, but really I'm back to auditioning, back to uh, looking for the next uh, job, and uh, ticking over till then really. But um, I mean, it's been such a, a joy being here, doing this show that um, I'm not really thinking too far ahead, um, to be honest. So, well, I mean, um, oh I, well, I also I'll I'll do another little plug. I'm in, mm. I'm in a, a Apple TV series called. Masters of the Air, uh, which is going to come out soon, and that's Austin Butler who's just played Elvis. That's his new uh, series. Oh. Um, so it's really star-studded, and that's the uh, the third part of Band of Brothers. So Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks were the executive producers, and uh, Kari Fukunaga, who is the director of uh, James Bond, was the director of that. So I was a very, very, very tiny little role in that. So uh, that's coming out soon. And then I did a little bit in the new Andor series, um, which is the st- new Star Wars three-parter on Disney+. Plus. This was all during the pandemic, so I was very lucky to get these two jobs then, but they're not out yet. So I guess you could say they're next. Br- brilliant. <laughs> so w- when can we see um, these? Is there a release date for them yet? Uh, um, there was a release date for uh, Andor, uh, which is in September. And then okay. uh, I'm not sure about um, the the... The World War Two series, yet yeah. uh, Masters of the Air, um, but that's going to be hopefully that'll be um, amazing, and and I hope I haven't been cut from my scenes as well. So <laughs> <laughs> if I'm watching it and, it, and I don't, if you don't see me, then uh, you, you're waiting for yourself to come me. up, and then nothing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you got all, I mean, all the was, family members. I think there was a cast of like 300 uh, men in, wow. in in the in the show, so. You know, I might get lost in that, so we'll see. <laughs> Just before we let you go, um, say looking into the future with, uh, I don't know, some sort of magic wand, if you could have any role at all or any part in any musical uh, to be offered to you, what would be your ideal role and uh, musical? Um, or even play. It doesn't need to be a musical. Do you know what? I... I... I've always wanted to do uh, the talented Mr. Ripley on on stage. Yeah. I think that would be quite a good one. Um, but do you know what? The, the, this question, every time I've been asked it in the past, it's always been Tony and Billy Elliot. Well, there you so go. it's interesting how <laughs> it all works out. And now I need to think of a new a new uh, answer. But um, yeah, I think I, I, I'd like to do uh, a bit more TV, some more plays, um, sort of just vary my my um, experience in this industry a bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always open to to see what happens, really. Um, and I always used to say uh, that my dream role would be to uh, originate uh, a part in a, in a musical based in Yorkshire, and that and then I got that in in uh, everybody's talking about Jamie, mm. so I got to originate that character. And so things are lining up quite nicely, which is always very positive. So I need to set myself another dream role i guess don't i that, that's it yeah you've you've ticked that one off the bucket list um you, yeah you have, and so and uh, it, it would this be your first baby by the way 
It will, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, on with experience, you'll have plenty of time late at night to actually write yourself a new role uh, and to initiate. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that's a trick. <laughs> that 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 is it. Yeah. So you can look forward to plenty of sort of. Um, that's a Very idea. early mornings, um, I think. <laughs> no, mind you, you might just have a really good baby who just goes to sleep all the time. Um, so, Maybe, but, we'll see, we'll see. But, uh, <laughs> but good luck with that, um, and, and as I say, congratulations on it. We can see you as Tony uh, in Billy Elliot at The Curve in Leicester uh, until the 20th of August. Go and see, because it's an amazing musical. Uh, I don't know how it, I've missed out on not seeing it. Um, until until I went to see The Curve, but it is an absolutely incredible musical. Brilliant uh, acting, brilliant stage. Everything about it's brilliant. So it, yeah. no, no reason for not to go in to see it. Um, there really well. isn't. There, there, there is, and, and they've got a lovely cafe uh, in there as well. So go along and uh, oh, yeah. have something to Come eat. Come along, and... get, get a pastry or a, or a little cake and a coffee. Oh, you make me feel hungry now. I know I shouldn't have brought the subject <laughs> of food up. So. Luke, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, speaking to you this, this morning. Uh, break many more legs in whatever you do in the future and we'll look out for all these little things and, uh, and look forward to you coming back to a theatre uh, in the Great East Midlands very, very soon. So take Thank care and, and all the best for everything in the future. And you. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Did you know that Nottingham Hospital Radio is a registered charity? As a result, we rely on people like you to donate to it. All our members are committed volunteers who run the service for the benefit and entertainment of the patients in the Queen's Medical Centre and City Hospitals. Research has shown that listening to hospital radio can positively benefit a patient's recovery, and we think it's a very worthwhile thing to do. Donating to NHR is easy and rewarding, so please log on to nhradio.org.uk and go to the donate page. That's nhradio.org.uk slash donate. You'll be glad you did, and thank you. (laughs) 